Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily. The phrase, the world is changing so fast, has taken on new meaning since the digital age. It's now possible to capture and forever hold everything anyone says or does. And that's the subject of a new book by three computer experts, each with more than 40 years of experience. The book is Blown to Bits, Your Life, Liberty, and Happiness After the Digital Explosion. And joining me are the authors, Hal Abelson, Ken Ledeen, and Harry Lewis. Welcome to all of you. I have to say, Harry, that figure just blew my mind when I read that in the first part of the book. You know, that every single piece of information, anything that anybody says, sings, you know, dances, performs, we've got it forever. Now, there's a real upside to that, isn't there? Well, it's, it's quite wonderful in some ways that uh, so, much is, so much is known about us and we can connect with each other and we can have products tailored to centuries exactly from now. centuries from now. It'll all be remembered, but, uh, but there, are, there are risks as well. I mean, uh, you know, do you, do you want your future employer checking your Facebook page, you know, for the things that people on? Or do you really want for example, we were just thinking about what just what happens when you go into a hotel room now. Mm -hmm. You go into a hotel room now, it's all recorded that you've swiped into the gym and what was on the restaurant tab and all the rest of that stuff is all aggregated with your comings and goings mm -hmm. when you s use your swipe card to get in and so on. And somebody mm -hmm. could be using that yeah, for all know, kinds of reasons. You know, can I, everybody always uses that, that, that issue about privacy is the big concern. And I'm thinking, maybe it's just me. I just don't care. Who in the world is going to spend the time looking at what gym you went into and what you ate? And what? I mean, part of it I realize is for marketing and advertising for that, but I'm just not at all worried about it unless they're stealing my money. Well, but we don't really, really know how to think about that because it's not just that the information is there. It's that it's really accessible. So everyone, you know, you can pull up now a map of your neighborhood mm -hmm. and Good. you can look at all the political contributions that your neighbors made yeah. and that's, ar that's around forever. That's and, nosy. And just, I mean, journalists like that kind of stuff. Well, journalists so like that. So far, I'm not hearing anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know whether it's bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the issue is that this stuff is, is neat. We just don't know how to deal with it. I mean, look at a, there's a program that four of my students wrote last, mm -hmm. last semester. It says, I'm a college kid and I want to find a party. Mm -hmm. So I uh, pull out my cell phone and I look at it and it shows me on a map where I am and it shows me there are seven parties in the neighborhood. And I say, gee, who's at that one? And of course, it tells you who's at that one because all your friends are carrying cell phones too. And then you say, what's going on at the party? And of course, all your cell phones for your friends are taking pictures and you see what's going on. And that's, that's sort of great. You say, wow, that's cool. On the other hand, that's getting, that's stored for the next yeah. 20 years. So 20 years from now, I can right. say, show me all the parties that you were at and who was with you. <laughs> well, so another example is that privacy serves lots of purposes. And, mm -hmm. and one of the themes throughout this book is that mm -hmm. every aspect of technology has wonderful good sides and potential yeah. downsides. One of the things that privacy does is allow social experimentation. So for example, if everyone could find out anyone you ever had dinner with, mm -hmm. you might not care, but you also might be more circumspect in the things that you do. And in the absence of personal privacy, the kind of social experimentation that allowed our society to advance might not be possible. So there's a tendency when there is no privacy for everything to gravitate towards the norm, and that in inhibits our growth. So in every one of these things, you could say, well, I don't care if people know. And mm -hmm. that's a very pervasive 
feeling, particularly among younger people. They oh, say, right. yeah. who cares? <laughs> so it's out there. But you don't know how things might be used. Yeah, it does seem the paranoia is more among, you know, our yeah, age old, old folks like us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but in fact, there are lots of people our age who also say, well, I don't do anything wrong, so why would I care mm -hmm. what either the government knows or... I'm not going to say Other that. people. <laughs> but, so there, there's where you find this interesting dilemma mm -hmm. because the fact that the information is out there means that it's accessible to the government too. Well, one of the, yeah, that's that's a concern. One of, one of the uh, things that struck me was one of the examples that you used right up front about um, the woman, Tanya Ryder, yeah, who was in the you know, car crash in the ditch and the, the, the beeping in the cell phone, they knew where the, it was last, but there was an upside and downside to this. Right, it's a very the, interesting yeah. story. A very interesting story. So, yeah. so she went off the road. Uh, she was not found for eight days. The police finally found mm -hmm. her. She was barely alive. They found her because her cell phone had been beeping and so mm -hmm. they could locate, uh, get the records from the, from the cell phone mm -hmm. company. But the reason it took eight days was because the state of Washington, the legislature had recognized the privacy risk to people in being tracked because of their cell phone data and passed a strict privacy law so that when her husband called up the police, and said, my wife is missing, please find her, the police had to say, well, we have to act on the assumption that maybe she went missing on purpose yeah. and she doesn't want mm -hmm. you to find her. Because he, he had used her bank account. <coughs> well, there account. was some confusion about yeah. that. So there was some data about the bank account so data. There was the and, you know, you know, so, there, so that's a great example that, that, that you know, there was a privacy risk. The legislature acted in with every good intention mm -hmm. to protect women. Meddling and all governments. That, you know, <laughs> well, they tried to do the right thing. Somehow they didn't get it yeah. exactly right. And that's that's a, the the risks, uh, the the difficulty that we face in this very rapidly evolving technological mm. world is that the legislature, which tends not to move as quickly as the technology does, has a hard time mm. even when they want to do the right thing, and very often they have better things to do than trying to address the problems. Um, getting the, the getting the the balance yeah. correct. To take just the Tanya Ryder story, so the police were able to find Tanya because she simply had a cell phone. Mm -hmm. She hadn't made phone calls yeah. on it, so everyone should be aware that the mere fact that your phone is in your pocket with the battery in I didn't it that. means that beep, the beep. phone company knows exactly where you are at all times and stores it because we can store these bits. Mm -hmm. We have lots of disk memory. We can store them forever. So when we were all young, if you went to a Vietnam protest rally, there might be an FBI person taking pictures to see who was there. Right. We don't need that anymore. You can just ask the phone company yeah. who was at that meeting or at that rally because most people have cell phones. But they can't just do that. I mean, I know well, it's happened in, in, in government with the NSA rules and everything. There but, you go. Yeah. Right. So in theory, there are laws but, against it. You know, but, I, can't right. I mean, Al, is it the we, government we're most afraid of here? I well, mean, we is that what we're... We don't know. I mean, we have a reaction that, hey, we're afraid of the government. But, yeah. but the real issue is that when we all have this, we all have the ability to do it, it seems less scary that the government's doing it. I mean, do you, <laughs> you know, do you True. do you think the government should always know where you are? Well, no. Do you think my friend should know where I am? Well, sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and no matter, we, we have zillions of surveillance cameras, but we have zillions and zillions of people walking around with cell phone cameras. Mm -hmm. So as Hal often says, we do this to ourselves more often than the government does I mean, aren't we going to be able to solve more crimes? That's what I kept thinking, you know, that... All, all this digital, everything, the cameras and the locations and the footsteps and the monitoring, I mean, I'm not sure O.J. would have gotten away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, we were all tracking him from his cell phone, right? We were all watching on television uh, as we right. tracked from his cell phone. When, when you talk about bits, it's like, it's, it's hard, it's a hard to, a concept for most of us to get our, our minds around. It's a, 
it's bits of information, it's bits of everything. Well, everything it's a metaphor. That it's, a, it's, a, it's a little yeah. bit of no, a No, I understand pun. that. Yeah. I understand that. It's because it's the little but zeros and about ones. Everything about zeros and ones, is, it's something about everybody. It's, it, it's just whatever information, photographs, mm -hmm. music, whatever it is, all recorded as zeros and ones, and we just use the metaphor of, of, of blown to bits to refer not only to the, the information explosion, the fact that is there's there so much more. Is there going to be a technology after digital that's going to be even more wowing? Oh, what a great oh, question. It's a great question. Yeah. One of the things that's amazing about digital technology that's unlike so many other technologies is that it's grown in terms of its power and mm. complexity and its ability to do things exponentially at a fairly constant rate for more than 40 years. We don't see any end to that in sight. And so this is really quite a remarkable phenomenon. Mm. Uh, when you think about the laptop you use today, 10 years from now it'll be a thousand times more powerful, and 20 years from now, it will be a million but times more powerful. Right. Hang on to our iPods. Hang on right. to your iPods. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank Best you for having us. Pleasure Appreciate to be you all here. coming tonight. Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.